welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. Every week, I try to bring you someone new, someone new that's going to challenge you, someone new that's going to allow for you to be able to help your daughters in different ways. And this week is no different. Today, we're going to be talking to, I'm going to say an expert guest. We're going to talk to someone that can help you as your kids get into those teenage years or older, as they are starting to think about their own college dreams, but also potential graduate school dreams. And we're going to talk a little bit about some things that you can do to support them and some resources that are available for them. Today with us is Bruce Hansen. He has his MBA from Warden, has taught the SAT, ACT, GRE, GMAT for 10 years, both privately and is also an instructor at UCLA. He has a company called First Choice Admissions. And the goal of this, and we're going to talk more about it, but the goal of this is helping your child to raise their SAT, ACT, GRE, GMAT scores. We're going to talk about a lot of this today because your kids are going to get stressed. You're going to get stressed. And it doesn't have to be that stressful if you take the time and you know some of the resources that are available. So this is one episode you'll want to definitely tap into, even if your kids are really young. This is some things to put into your toolbox, some things to think about as you're looking forward. Bruce, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Christopher. It's my pleasure. I'm really excited to be able to talk to you. Uh, As many of you know, I work in college admissions. And as that's my day job, Um, I do this as well. So I talk to you every week, but, but I also do college admissions. So while COVID has changed some things in regards to undergraduate admissions, in regards to SAT and ACT, not every school is requiring it anymore, but many schools are starting to transition back to making it either test optional or bringing things back on the, in regards to requiring them again. Same with GRE, same with GMAT. So as your child is starting to think about these things, you have to think about those. But I just put that out there just so that everyone knows where I'm coming from. And if there's any bias here, I just want want people to know what my background is. Now, Bruce, I think I want to start and turn the clock back a little bit, because what I'd love to do first is let's talk about the origin, (laughs) your superhero origin story here, about how you got into working with students to be able to help them with these different exams. Absolutely. So when I was in high school, I found out pretty quickly that my superpower was teaching, uh, which kind of bummed me out because what I really wanted was like, you know, throwing a baseball really fast. But instead I was the kid in the back of the class who could like explain how to do calculus, right? You know, I was always that kid. And so I graduated from Grinnell College with a teaching certificate. So I wanted to teach, but for various things that happened in life, I really didn't get around to it until after I had my MBA and after I had a career doing things like being in Silicon Valley and being a marketer at General Mills and that, those kinds of things, I came back to what I really loved, which was teaching. And for me, 
one of the things that became very clear was that access to test scores, either at the graduate level or at the undergraduate level, and I started at the graduate level because I had this fan, you know, fancy schmancy MBA from from Wharton. So you know, people were like, "Oh, I bet he can teach me how to do the GMAT." And as I kind of progressed further from the the GMAT and the GRE to the ACT and the SAT, it became very clear to me that providing access to excellent test prep for the ACT and AC or the ACT and SAT was really important also in terms of just a social justice kind of thing because as we're going to talk about these tests and as you know you're in admissions these tests are not in any way intuitive and if you can understand how the test works you need special skills to do really well and if you can if, if you can kind of get those skills you can really really do well on the on the exam the question is who gets those skills and who doesn't and how do you distribute these skills in a way that kind of makes college admissions fairer right it's hard to get college admissions fair really tough i mean you're you you confront that every day it's a really difficult question to do but i knew that at least for me for this little world that there was a way that i thought i could do something to help level the playing field i know that as a part of this you took what you have learned over the years and created a course that uh, is helping individuals, an online course that allows for individuals. I'm going to say one of the things that stood out to me right away is it's it's a very it's a very inexpensive course, but you get a lot of content. And so, and I say inexpensive because I've looked into this. I've looked into this for my own daughter on the SAT side, and. For individuals that are looking to go and take a Kaplan course, and I'm just calling out names, Kaplan or other things that, you know, are out there, you could be talking close to thousands of dollars. And yours is $50. I mean, it's a $50 course and you get access. So talk to me about what are students getting in these courses that will help them? And what was some of your teaching modality in regards to what you're trying to put into this to be able to prepare students in this way. So this is kind of the thing that's really important for parents and students to know is kind of all of this springs from this idea that darn near everything on the ACT and SAT, vast majority of it, stuff kids learned mostly freshman, sophomore year in high school. These tests aren't hard because of what they ask. They tend to be hard because of how they ask it. So the idea is, if you want to get really, really good at the SAT and ACT, first of all, you got to know stuff, right? You're going to have to know your exponent rules. You're going to have to know if the subject matches the verb, right? There's no way around that. But you can get incredibly good at that stuff and still be posting incredibly mediocre scores. So the question is, why does that happen? And how do you get kids in a place where they can take most of the stuff they already know, right? Most of it they already know. How do you take the stuff you already know and turn it into points on the test, because that's what matters. That's what matters, you know, when you're applying to schools. What does that look like? And what do you need to know to do that? So basically, here's the thing, is if it's the test job to give the students information in the most confusing ways possible, and it is, then it's the student's job to be able to interpret those questions in ways that they can immediately tell like two things. One, what the heck they've just been asked to do, because that's not always obvious. And two, which steps the test wants them to take in order to get to the right answer fast. 
And as you learn to interpret the question, so this is a you know set of skills they haven't been taught in high school, right? I mean, the, the math teacher is teaching them math and that's what we want the math teacher to be teaching them, right? English teacher teaching them English and that's what we want them to be teaching. This is a different set of skills. When the kids understand how to interpret those questions really quickly, it's like a veil lifts on the test and suddenly things that seemed impossible seem very, very easy. So they'll be looking at a question and they might think immediately, oh my gosh, I'm in this impossible exponent question. But if they know how to interpret the question, they may see, oh my gosh, I'm not in an exponent question at all. I'm in a factoring question. All I need to do is factor all this stuff and this is going to be super easy. And it turns out it is. But being able to identify the markers in the question that tell them how to do that, and this is both on the, you know, on the math and on the reading and on the grammar, that's the key. That's the set of skills they need to learn. And that's what this course is designed to teach them thorough review of all of the math and English. Like I say, you got to know the stuff. But also within that, a very, very deep understanding how the questions work, what they need to pick out of the question to tell them what they've been asked to do and how to approach the question. So that's what the course does. So let's talk about some myths because, and I think all of these tests have different myths, right? I'm going to jump into SAT just because my daughter took it. So SAT alone, or even in general, I mean, any of these tests, what are some of the biggest myths that you hear either parents talking about or students talking about that you kind of keep smacking your head against your palm saying, I wish that these would just go away? They are just full of misinformation. And and part of it is because the tests are so non-intuitive, right? People are looking around for, boy, my son or daughter, they are terrific students, but they can't do well on the test. So what's going on? So out of this comes myths, right? So, you know, um, <laughs> if if you're in doubt, C is always the right answer. It, you know, so you get you get things as granular as that, right? And then you start to get things like um, that, you know, are a little bit you know, more insidious, like uh, there are myths out there. There is no way to get a, a great score on the test or even worse. This is the question I get asked the most and the one that is absolutely the, the, the one that's most important for, for folks to get their head around is this. I get asked all the time, what is the best score I can get on the SAT or the ACT? And this is critical. And the, the correct answer is the best score you can get is the score that gets your son or daughter into the school that's right for them. What happens around this test is the idea is that a score alone is going to get you into school. That's probably the biggest myth about all these tests. And that's not true. You know, you're in admissions, it's an important piece. Like every part of your application is important, right? But I guarantee there'll be kids who get perfect scores on the SAT this year and the ACT and frankly, the GMAT, the GRE, and they will get rejected from lots of schools because it's not just a test score that gets you in. Generally, and I would, boy, love to get your perspective on this, but generally what I found is that a test score helps a lot in getting your application into a pile that gets it read seriously. Right? It doesn't get you knocked out in the early round saying, not sure this person can hack our you know, academic demands of our, our, of our program, but primarily that's what you're hoping the test score does. You want to you have your application read very seriously. 
agree with that. I think that there are definitely a handful of schools, and I'm seeing a handful. There's thousands of schools that are out there that you've never heard of. And there are lots and lots of schools out there that are very competitive to get into. Some of those schools are requiring an SAT or an ACT. Some of the graduate programs are going to be requiring the GRE or GMAT. And I say that just to keep in mind that some, because not all, are requiring it anymore. Many schools, as I mentioned at the beginning today, are now test optional. So you really have to work with your child to be able to make sure that they're reading very closely to look at what is the requirement for tests? What is it going to do for them as a part of the holistic admission process? Because you're going to hear that all the time. Holistic admissions, which means that it's not just a test score specifically that's going to typically make it so that you cannot be considered. Now, the test score itself may not eliminate you from consideration in regards to admission, but it might eliminate you in regards to some scholarships. So for example, you look at one school that school might say, students with this GPA can get up to this amount of scholarship. But if you have this GPA and this test score, you can get that much more. So you have to look at those type of things, especially on the undergraduate admission side. So those are some of the things that I know that I have seen and that I have experienced. It's a different world since COVID. So you have to keep that in mind and know that there's a new reality in that regard. And it's a confusing reality for parents. And I actually want to dive into this because this is the other thing that I get asked all the time now post-COVID is you back up and the fundamental question is, should my kid even be taking the SAT or the ACT? Do they even need to take the test and should they take the test? And I think that there is a framework that's relatively simple to understand that can help parents a lot in making that decision. So there are basically three buckets of schools. As, as you know, there are schools that absolutely will not look at an ACT or SAT score, even if you put it in your application, they won't look at it at all. And that's about, and these buckets are changing a little bit. That's about 10% of the schools out there about. And then there are a bunch of schools out there who absolutely will require an ACT or an SAT score. And I found that's around 25%. And again, that's kind of changing a little bit, which leaves about 65% of the schools out there that are test optional. Now, if you happen to be a parent whose son or daughter, they just want to go to one of these schools where you absolutely don't have to submit an SAT or ACT score, your choice is very easy. Excellent. You don't, you don't, you've won the lottery. Congratulations. You don't have to deal with any of this. If your son or daughter is considering even one school, that requires it, then they absolutely need to go to the, through the test prep process and they need to take the test. If your test optional, boy, so even if they take the test, they don't necessarily have to submit a score, right? You know, you don't necessarily have to do that. When should you submit a score to a test optional school and when shouldn't you? And the rule of thumb is like the scores can really help your chances of admissions. They really can. So you want to submit a score if the score will help your son or daughter gain admission. So how do you know that? Generally, the schools will publish the median SAT and ACT scores. And that's usually pretty available on websites. If your son or daughter is over that median, go ahead and submit the score. If your son or daughter is you know, at or under the median, 
it may hurt a little bit more than than it might help. There's one other consideration that you mentioned is there are scholarships, lots of scholarships available for good SAT and ACT scores. So that can be the other reason that it can be helpful and, and useful to take the ACT and the SAT. I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that that is completely the case. And and one of the things that I think, especially for ACT or SAT, is that in many high schools today, it's a part of what you do. And schools will work to have every student taking a PSAT or a PACT. And then they, they start that, they might even start that in middle school. Then you get to high school and you still take another PSAT or a PACT to prepare. A lot of it depends on your state and whether your state is a SAT or ACT state. I live in Michigan. Michigan is now an SAT state. It used to be an ACT state. When I went to high school, it was an ACT state. My daughters are in a reality now that it is an SAT state. To be honest, I think it goes down to how much is the testing entity giving to the state of Michigan or to the state of Illinois or to the whatever state that you're in to be the test of record. So whether you take the ACT or SAT, a lot of it, as you said, comes down to what schools does your child have an interest in? Because some schools want an SAT or they want an ACT. Usually they'll accept both, but there are some that might say, we will only take this SAT. And luckily, uh, and I'll say luckily, because most colleges now have gone the way of getting rid of the writing component and not requiring students to also take the writing portion of, let's say, the ACT or the SAT. They, They have just said, you send us your ACT score or SAT score and go from there. It, it, exactly. And most colleges do take both. What I found when I work with kids is that kids tend to have a preference either for the SAT or the ACT. Um, and you just kind of want to expose you know, your son or daughter to, to take practice tests on each and whichever one they like best, go down that road. That's really, that's really my best advice um, re- regarding that. Um, you know, and I think that when it comes down to, you know, uh, the ACT versus the SAT, there are a few schools out there who do prefer one or the other. So make sure um, that, you know, the target schools are going to, you know, accept the, the test you're taking. For the most part, you're right. For the most part, most schools will take will take either. That's, a, that's absolutely right. So for someone that's interested in getting their child into your course, what should they expect? They they pay their $50. What are they going to see when they first log in? Are they going to be completely overwhelmed or, or what are they going to see? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. So first of all, basically what I did is I got kind of more and more into this. Like I said, it's like, boy, you know, it used to be that if you wanted to know like how the tests really work, you kind of had to hire someone like me to teach, you know, one-on-one, and that's really expensive, prohibitively expensive for a lot of kids. But this kind of what I talked about, like interpreting these questions and understanding how all the, on on really understanding how the test works, that's not something that is a, that difficult to understand or that difficult to teach. So it occurred to me, it can be done with a a self-study online course and be done very like cost-effectively for 50, you know, for $50. And what you get, the good news is, is what you get 
is everything that I teach my private students, it is in this course. So that means you get the same lectures, you get the, the same practice sets, you get the same practice test breakdown, like four practice tests in there, break down every single question, right? You get the same quizzes, you get the same everything. Um, and we get it both in video and in written form because you know kids like to learn in, in different ways. And we like to think the videos are, are clever. We, see what the kids think, but we, we think they're clever and funny. Um, and so the good news is you get everything. Um, that can be a little overwhelming. So what we've done is we've made it less overwhelming in two ways. First of all, it's broken down into the sections. So you know, here's math, here is English, here is, you know, uh, reading comp. Here is, uh, you know, science. If you're taking the ACT, ACT has a science section on it. Um, so what you can do within each of those kind of general areas is, you know, maybe you're a whiz at exponents. We're not going to make you take the exponent kind of module, right? The exponent part. Maybe word problems are tough because they're tough for everybody. Great. Just do the word problems. And what we've done is some of this information does build on, on itself. So you get into one of these little, you know, word problems. Well, they're going to be, you're going to have to start at the beginning of word problems and kind of go through it in order, but that's not, you know, 15 lessons in a row. That's, you know, four or something because this stuff does build on itself. It's the same thing. You know, if you're doing grammar or reading comp, here are some, you know, core kind of element stuff that you need to know. And then we build on it from there and get you very, very good at it. The course is designed for folks that want to do really, really like, you know, I'm, I'm shooting for 1500 plus on the SAT. I, you know, I got 32 plus on the ACT. Um, the course is definitely designed to do that. What I've found is the biggest driver of success after the students like understand how these questions actually work, I, first of all, I've had kids burst out laughing when they understand. Really, this is what they they it's like. Yes, that's all it is, right? You know, oh my gosh, the biggest driver of success after the kids understand how the test actually works is simply practice. There's nothing so special about the ACT and the SAT that they don't work like everything else in life. The more you practice, the better you get. And the deal is the test is going to make you, you know, go pretty fast and pretty accurately. And how you get good fast and accurately, and I don't care if you're talking about swinging a golf club or hitting a tennis ball or playing piano or doing well in the ACT or the SAT, what gets you fast and accurate is practice. And there is tons and tons of practice in the course. So it is a complete course. You don't need to bring anything at all into the course, except for your own, you know, kind of desire to do well on the test. And the course will take you as far as you want to go. And again, and I can't emphasize this enough, when you're in the middle of taking these tests and right, your son and daughters, they are looking at schools. Oh my gosh, it becomes so competitive, but this is all about getting a score that's right for your son or daughters. So this course can take them as far as they want to go, as far as they need to go. And 
scoring an infinitely high score on the SAT and ACT. It's that's not what this is about. This is about getting the right score for them. I appreciate that because I think that a lot of students they have this perfectionism, especially the ones that are really driving themselves, and they feel that they have to get a certain score. They they have this drive to achieve. And I know what this is like for those of you that also have a child like this. What I have told her and what I would tell any student is the ACT or SAT, the GRE, the GMAT should not define who they are. It is a glimpse of one day, a few hours of one day. And if you take the time to be able to prepare yourself and understand how the test is situated, you can do better. If you don't take the time, you're going to get a score. It might not be the score you want, but it still will not define who you are. It may limit you in some aspects of some schools or scholarships, but you can always take it again and you can always try to do better. And this is one resource that can help you to do just that. I want to point out one other thing because I run into this a lot and this goes to myths. The ACT and SAT do not measure how intelligent you are. They do not measure how well you did in high school. They do not predict how well you will do in college. The ACT and the SAT, they both measure one thing and one thing only, how well you did on the ACT and SAT. And that's it. So it's easy when you're in this thing to get your ego wrapped up in scores it has nothing to do with that at all. All it's measuring is how well you did on the ACT or SAT. It has nothing to do with your intelligence. It has nothing to do with your worth. It has nothing to do with anything except your performance on one test on one day. I should also mention that a lot of schools super score. And what that means is these kids can take the test more than one time. Maybe, you know, your daughter takes the test three times. What many schools will do, and not all do, but many schools will do is they'll take, you know, the highest, you basically get to mix and match the score. So your highest math score on the SAT you took on one time, maybe that's not the same as the reading score. The third time you took it was better. That's great. We'll only look at the highest scores over all the times that you took the test. That, as it turns out, is both good and bad. It's good because it takes some pressure off the students when they take the test, and I am all for taking. There's enough pressure around these tests already, so I'm all for that. But what it also does is it tends to prolong the test-taking season, if you will, because many students feel they're at a disadvantage if they only take the test once, because if they take the test two or three times, then they have an opportunity to get higher scores on different sections. And so they can get a higher super score. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag, to be honest with you, with this super scoring. Again, the schools will be transparent if they use super scoring. So you don't have to guess about that. It should be on the website, how they compute their SAT and ACT scores. I really appreciate you sharing that. I guess for individuals that are interested in learning more about the test and things that you do to be able to support students, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah. So the best place is firstchoiceadmissions.com, which is you know the website. You can also do first choice admissions on Facebook and on Instagram. We post things 
all the time, including, you know, on Instagram about, you know, twice a week, we have myths about the SAT and ACT, how they really work, right? This kind of stuff. So those are the places. And if you're interested in enrolling in the course, the very best way to do that is firstchoiceadmissions.com. Just hit the SAT button and it will take you right to being able to enroll in the course. And, you know, you're absolutely right. The idea here is to make access to world-class test prep We just want it to be available for everyone. We're big believers, like the size of your wallet shouldn't be the thing that determines the size of your opportunities, right? Let's give everyone, you know, fair footing on how these tests work and allow their own academic skills and their own drive to determine how well they do on these tests. And that seems like a better way to do this rather than saying, well, you got a lot of money, you can hire me and I can coach you on this test and get a good score. That might not seem to us to be the best way to do it. kind of give everyone access to do it. Well, Bruce, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the work that you're doing to allow for everyone to find success and to offer that access to everyone. And I wish you all the best. Thanks so much for having me, Christopher. This was great. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.